All hail the King of Scotland. Josh Taylor is now the undisputed super lightweight, light welterweight world champion. I'm Martin Dorman. I'm joined by, it would seem, a man who has denounced his Welsh heritage and is one of our own for the day at least in Barry Jock Jones. And also by Declan Taylor. To reflect on Josh Taylor with over Jose Ramirez in Las Vegas last night. Two knockdowns in the sixth and seventh rounds proved to be the difference the judges had. Six rounds apiece out with that. But it is Josh Taylor who now has all four belts. Barry, would you say it went as you expected? Yeah, I think it was it was a tightly fought contest, and you expect that from two fighters who was who were so good. I thought Taylor was a bit wider on the scorecards for me. I just I just preferred his work and a lot of stuff. But Ramirez was tough and and game and you know wouldn't allow anyone to switch off for a second. But it was fantastic. It was it was lovely to watch and and what a result. What no. He's on. He's just. He's just elevated to a different level. No, Josh Taylor. He really has. I. Just, I can't say how, how good he is. You know, he just does everything really well. Like even that. Even the uppercut in the second knockdown. The way there was no space. I know the referee might have tapped. That referee did him a favor. He tapped the glove to release it. For the, but there's no space for that shot. But he finds space so close for that uppercut and, it, and with power as well. Well, not like a flicking shot. He gets to bend his legs and, and get some purchase on the shot. It was brilliant. And even the first knockdown with the little shimmy with the shoulders and coming back with that, with that short left hand as Ramirez comes forward. You know, he he's good and 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 he can tough it out because Ramirez can overwhelm you and he has denied in the past with all his opponents and and there's there was a fear that the little stages that if Josh didn't. You know, uses engages brain enough that that might have happened, but it doesn't. He tucks up nice and tight, and he when he and you know he got that he got that thing that great fighters have that when they get hurt, they can still maintain their discipline, they can still maintain their their work ethic and their quality, which is you know most people get hurt and and there's a panic in you when you look to survive or you go gung ho like a lunatic, but in in a in a really an un, un, untidy manner. He never does. He gets hurt, and you've seen him a few times last night. He got physically, you no, know, he got wobbled with some, with some good shots, and so he should. Ramirez is a, is a top quality fighter, but looks to fire back, and looks to fire back with quality. And I just think that's a that's a mark, a hallmark of a great fighter. Declan Josh did say in the week that you know there was a lot of talk about Ramirez's heart determination, skill, or a will. Sorry, but in the end, it would come down to Josh Taylor's skill. Fair to say that was indeed the case. Maybe after the first few rounds are a bit closer, but but Josh sort of took over middle middle rounds. Yeah, I would say that it basically played out as most people sort of expected it to be, and that was just Taylor was just a little bit better in the sort of key departments, but had to work for everything. But based on the way that Ramirez pressured him and hung in there, I mean, just to I'm, I think with the second knockdown, he got a long that was a long one. He got about twenty seconds to recover. Um, but that being said, the, to make it through the whole fight with that in, happening in the seventh round, that heavy knockdown, you know, he looked like he was all over the place. It's just a testament to his sort of his determination, his chin, I mean, his conditioning as well. But I think, yeah, we spoke about it a bit before that I think Taylor just had done it a little at a little bit higher level in the pro grade fight and, and Baranchik and stuff. And he sort of had to go there a little bit more. And what I do think, picking up on what Barry said as well, I think a lot of it was knowing when to have a little walk at times. You know, he got wobbled and then he would go, he would just clear off for 10 seconds and just move because he can do that. 
he's long enough to do it. And he's obviously skillful enough to do it. And there was one round, I think, it, I can't remember what round, it was the ninth or the tenth or something. Ramirez had a bit of success towards the end of the round and Taylor just got on his bike for the rest of it and just moved around. He ended up in the corner at the end of the round, but, you know, the bell went and he was he was safe. And it was it was that perfect combination of switching it on when he needed to, sitting in the pocket when he needed to, tucking up, catching and counter, which was the key from the start. And I think Ben Davison has spoken a lot in the week about using Ramirez's aggression against him. I think that was basically what he meant. We knew that that left hook to the body from Ramirez was always going to be a key shot. But it was key in the opposite way, in the way that Taylor was always, as soon as he felt it, ping straight up the middle of the uppercut. So not only would it sort of make Ramirez think twice about throwing it, but obviously it was success up close. If you miss with that left hook to the body, no matter how well you throw it, your chin's open just for a split second. And it was just success every time. Um, and yeah, it just showed that he's not... Ramirez, to call him one-dimensional is harsh, but he didn't have that dimension that that the great, great fighters have like Josh Taylor. And he proved that. Um, I think we've seen glimpses of it in the, throughout his career, which has been reasonably short actually for what he's achieved, but he put it all together last night and it was just about the perfect, perfect performance. I thought the scorecards were a little bit harsh on him, to be honest. Like it was level basically, apart from the knockdowns, which I'm not sure how you could give Romero six rounds, but um the important thing is he won. Imagine if there was a draw or he didn't get the decision last night. He, he won. Correct winner. It was a fight we've been calling for for so long and we could see it in the distance that it was going to be amazing and it lived up to it. And that, as boxing fans, first and foremost, you can't really ask for anything more. I have to say, I, I was worried about the, the link-up with, um, with Ben Davis. Ben Davis. Yeah. And it was a worry that, worry that Ben's, a good, Ben's a good trainer and so on, but it was there was always a worry that he might tinker too much with, with Josh Taylor and have him box him more. Now, which, which you know, would seem like a good idea, but again, it's no, like you said, Declan, he knows, Taylor knows when to do the right things at the right time, a mark of a great fighter. And I was just worried that being with, because that first fight they had together didn't really count. It was a blowout against a guy who was inferior, but this was a real, real first fight together. But he didn't tinker with Taylor. Taylor boxed the same as he's boxed in the past. I know, so so you no, know, I I I took my heart to Ben Davison. Not not his ego didn't get in the way to want to stamp his his style too much on on Taylor. He let him box his fight, and and I think that was a real smart move. So that, that that's already a great partnership that they trust enough. He trusts Taylor as much as Taylor trusts him to let him do his job to box the way that he boxes his natural style and not and not mess around with him because that was my worry that he makes him maybe a more cuter fighter but then that takes away what makes Taylor great that you no know, I can say it now because my name's Jock Jones that Scottish grit Scott you no know, that grit thing that we all have in Scotland <laughs> <laughs> no no but I also thought that was gonna do him against I thought that was gonna um has come up with against Progre that was going to hold him up that was going to maybe give Progre the advantage that, that, that he might want to get involved too much but actually that helped him in that fight and I think it did in this fight knowing, but knowing when to do it and, and I just think yeah like you've already said I'm just going over your point again so it becomes my point and I become clever <laughs> he just knew what to do at the right time yeah. Whereas Ramirez was always just trying to do his plan and was and was successful at times of course he was I made every every minute of every round was competitive but Taylor knew when to do the right things at the right time and I'm glad I, I'm glad I realised that and just brought it up as my own valid point. But it's it's funny with with Davison as well because he it's a it's a strange parallel to make. But he he had a first fight with Lee Wood in the bubble and he when he knocked out on the Warrington card and he knocked yes. out Reese Mould. 
yeah. and that was just their first fight together. And it was one of them where he got hurt badly, Wood, and it felt like he was he'd been caught a little bit between two stools early on in that fight because it was obviously a new thing with Davison, and he had his old stuff. And in the end, they turned it around and it and it worked. And that was the, that was the worry here, wasn't it? That that might happen with Taylor, but it didn't. And I think the beauty of what they've got in such a complete fighter turning up off the back of his best win of his career is that they haven't got to tinker anything. They can literally tailor that, no pun intended, that camp to how we beat Ramirez and look at it and go, how do we prepare for every single thing that's going to happen yeah. in this fight or what could happen? So we haven't got to think about, right, I want to work on this shot or I want to work on this because he's got every tool already. It's like, yes. right, what can we, how are we going to beat this guy? We've got this one bloke in front of us for everything. How do we beat him? We haven't got to think about anything else. We haven't got to worry about weight. You know, the SNC's taken care of by Dan Lawrence yeah. now. So they've got everything in place. And you're right. And a, a, a trainer with a bigger ego might have gone, nah, I want this from him. I want him to do this, this and this. But it wasn't like that. And I think I think it's big, right. big credit for Davison. Yeah, you're right. Because because you know, as much as you know, the, the, the fighting needs to be it's all about the fighter. Everyone's got their own ambitions. And you sort of yeah. think that some trainers would. And there's a worry that Ben would, and you wouldn't blame him because they, you know, again, like they all have their own ambitions. That you want to be in the post-fight press club and say, "I did this, and that's why we won," because I made him, I changed him to do this, and that happens, of course, at times. You know, and, and, and you know, look at look at when Tyson Fury left Ben and went with went with um, Emmanuel Shoes boy Sugar Sugar Hill, and then you know, Sugar Hill gets the credit for making him more offensive, but really, Tyson does what he wants to do. That's pretty much what it is. But you have guidance, and that's what a trainer should be. Once you get a, a quality fighter. You just need to give him guidance and make sure he's doing, you know, things he doesn't lax or, or lose his shape or stuff like that. And yeah, and so I think it was yeah, it was about anyway. That was I was really happy with that. They never they never messed with Taylor at all. Just left him as he was, and and you know just work, again worked on you know specific tactics for 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 that one fighter, and it worked a treat. You no, know, I had it much wider than the judges, and and I, there was only one winner in a in a hugely competitive fight. I think Ramirez could have won if he would have done a few things differently. But he doesn't do things differently. I just think stylistically, it was just a hard fight for him. Boxer size Ben does it again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sort of loath to talk about mind games, but you know, Josh said afterwards that he tried that whole week to unsettle him. But there did seem a couple of points in between rounds when Ramirez did seem to be a little bit wasting energy, having a goal, getting, being better, even after the knockdown. He did seem, I don't know if rattled is the right word, but he definitely seemed to be a little bit, maybe it was just frustration that he was losing the fight. Taylor's a dirty fighter. Just naturally dirty fighter. So he, he hits you with elbows and, and he hits you low and he pulls down on the back of your neck, which he did constantly against Ramirez. And he does it. And he doesn't care because he's tough, hard, you know, maniac. So he doesn't care. That's how he is. You know, all the beauty, that's what I mean. He's, he's, he has almost everything in his locker. He's he can box beautifully. He can punch. He's not a KO artist, but he can punch enough to knock you out and hurt you and make you panic. He can pick his spots. He can fight inside at three quarter range. Whatever you want to do, he can pretty much do it without looking like a like a like a fancy Dan. You know, haven't got that sort of style, but everything's really good. And he can be dirty, naturally dirty. So he comes in with the head, the elbows. If you do something bad to him, that's it. You no, know, he loves it. You no, know, he wants to have that. He wants it. He literally. He doesn't want an easy fight. You can see it in him. You can see it in his eyes. They're almost you got those beautiful blue piercing eyes, which should be so attractive, and they're dead. That fight week, are they out of it? That fight week, they're yeah. dead. They, they they might as well be great because he's just like, yeah, I'm you. You're my focus. You are. It's like you've done something personal to him, and he wants to hurt you, and he wants you, and blames you for everything that's wrong in his life. Any problem he has is your fault. And some fighters need that. 
but he can just he can just you know, people got to engineer issues. I think he just he can just do it himself. Boxers are crazy people, like you know they, they weren't boxing; they would be in a, a, you know lunatic asylums, most of them, and and that's that's how it is. You know they just you know, the, the, the boxing calms them and gives them a, a channel the channel to to you know to of a, a release and. I think Josh Taylor is one of those, to be honest. God knows what he would be doing if he wasn't if he wasn't so good at boxing. But he, yeah, and I think, but that for him is you no, know, he's dirty. And I think Ramirez was noticing that. But he was he was maybe maybe physically the stronger, naturally stronger person. Nothing was working because then he got an elbow and a head in the face and you know pushed on in the back of the neck. Everything got close. Taylor Taylor didn't get really low, so you couldn't hit him. He was pushing you down in the back of the neck, and the referee was. Didn't do a great job for either one. Actually, he was. I think he was very indecisive all night, and but it worked to, for Taylor's advantage. I think. I think fight week did definitely play a part in it. Whether Ramirez would even would admit that or even realize it, but he's had a reasonably serene career so far mm. in, in that sense. And then you've got this guy, this Scottish guy who turns up with about five of his mates. Not, not you know, not a big entourage. And every time he sees you, he's putting it on you. Even in the lobby with all those Mexican fans. There's no way that Ramirez on Friday night and Saturday morning in his head is going, this geezer, what is up with this bloke? Like, you can't, there's no way that, he can't, that that can't have just trickled in a bit. And I'm not saying it won Taylor the fight, but I do think it probably unsettled Ramirez a bit. Whether Taylor meant to do it or what, that's just the way he is. They call him Hank. He's like, for me, myself and Irene, it's exactly that. He's got this alter ego and it comes in and I thought he played a blinder in fight week because he was just himself. He put it on... Um, Ramirez's his manager, everything he wanted to do, he put it on him after the weigh-in, all of that stuff, he just did what he wanted to do. People say it can be unedifying, that sort of stuff, but it's just him. And I think Ramirez set an early pace from the start, maybe even a little bit too fast, and I wonder whether that was because he just stormed out of the blocks because he was concerned. He was like, I need to put my will on this guy, I need to show him that from the start that he can't bully me like he has in fight week, and maybe that he unraveled because he couldn't maintain that pace and by six and seven when he goes down the whole fight is totally different then at that point I've, I had it probably maybe two all after four and then it all changes and I think that was because Ramirez just thought he was like a train at the start and who knows whether that was because of what had happened fight week you're probably right because even though no, they, they, I wouldn't say they thought they could stop Taylor but the way Ramirez fights he wears you down you know, if yeah. you don't get a stoppage early he wears you down and you think I'll make him quit, or no, I can hurt him. I'll hurt him, and, and he won't want to know. But you have seen his fights in the past. You know he's tough. But then you see him all weak in your face, <laughs> really, especially because he haven't got a big entourage, and no one had to save him really. From no, especially that that one in the lobby where there was no, no, there was loads of Mexican people. That no, if it all really kicked off, they're going to get a hiding. Yeah. Them lot, there's, there's, you know, there's, who have they got? They got no one. There. They got no big guys with them either. No one, no fighters there to help him really. A couple of fighters, but so they're going to get a hiding. But he don't care, Josh Taylor, about him or the people with him, by the way. No. He's just that uh, you. Do you want it? And then you think, he's not going to quit, is he? He's not, <laughs> I, mean, I got to really knock him out. Like, he's not, he's, you, you, just, you sort of know sometimes that when you fight, you come at me as a guy who, whatever you do to him, unless you, unless you nail him to the canvas, he's coming back. So, that again, that's a worry. That might be the fast start. So, I better jump on him quick and yeah. make him really hard. And I think also, it's, it's, in a fight like that, when you've got two quality fighters who like to be the boss, it's patterns of fights. And also, well, patterns of fights are very important. And to you stamp your authority quicker, sometimes then it's hard to change a pattern of a fight. It's very difficult to do that. So if you can stamp your authority quicker, he's always playing catch-up. So 
his mindset's a little bit different then because there's a bit more panic in his work possibly. So that I think the fast start wasn't a bad idea, maybe. But because you know he had he had some success on the stretch. Yeah, more success on the stretch, if anything, Ramirez. So I don't think it affected him. Those middle rounds he struggled with, but he got caught with two good shots that drained your energy. To be fair, and he did, and he had a bad eighth round as well, Ramirez. I thought as well for me, and so but he come back as, as as all good champions do. He came back and and you know shrugged it off, and and made and made Taylor work on the stretch. But oh, Taylor's just brilliant, and look at him now. He's a, he's a he's a pound for pound. You no, know, top three and he four like you know. You've got to say that. I, I, you've got to. You know, his resume is just better than almost almost anybody's right now. Currently, it really is. There's one bad fighter, and he was undefeated in twenty. I got to hear. He was undefeated in sixteen. His last fight. That's the only fight that you you just wouldn't even worry about. Mm. All the rest of them. And Ryan Martin maybe, but he was a he was touted as going to be a big thing. He obviously I was there that night. And he crumbled. But the rest of them, quality fighters. Victor Postel. You know, he's the only one who got a defeat in his last six fights. He lost. He earned, but he was a world champion who just lost his title to Terence Crawford. <laughs> that you no, know, he's the weak link out of those. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's just it's it's a crazy. It's just a crazy resume. It really is. And then this era of boxing where we all moan and groan and you know, I had, I watched it on Fight TV and they showed that um they showed the their little clip. They had their HBO. They had the top rank feed. So they had the you know they had a little clip about people saying about. Boxing today always changed. Oh, we wish we were going back to the old days. It's a big montage. You no, know, we miss boxing like it used to be. And they're showing clips of Leonard and Duran and Hearns and Hagler, all this brilliant stuff, you know. And then they were showing clips of the YouTube fights and you know, and the thing what's been happening now with, with Floyd Mayweather, but it's happy and nicked and all that, all this stuff that we all as boxing fanatics moan and groan and cry about. If only we could have boxing like it used to be. And then they just put a picture up there of Taylor and Ramirez. It's like, this is what it used to be. We're moaning about we don't get to see the fights that we used to want to see. This is it. This is as good as it gets. Because stylistically, it couldn't have been a good... It wasn't like a, a fight of the year contender for me, but it was an enthralling fight all throughout, of, 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 high, of the highest quality. And two best boxing. Now we have a one. We have one champion now, and that's undisputed. Uh, you, know, you, can, you can't argue that anyone could beat him. At all, he's beaten everyone. In, he's beaten all the best fighters in front of him, who, who, who are around at his weight, and he's to beat them all. Well, you certainly can't argue with the stats: eighteen fights, four belts. Only the fifth man to do that. Fighter, second in Scotland, or sorry, first, first. Yeah, first belt British, champion. British, British fighter to do it. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. So, which means obviously we can't let him dwell on it too much because uh-huh. we have to talk about. What's next? And I guess if he wants to remain with all four belts, which is arguably just as hard as getting them in the first place, he has to fight Jack Catchley, WBO mandatory, who stepped aside to allow this fight to happen. So I guess he has that option. He can give up the WBO belt to stay at 140, or he can move up to 147. Uh, I would, if, I was, if I was him, I would fight Jack Catterall, 100%. He's not... Obviously, Jack Catterall's a very a quality fighter himself. He's worked himself into a position, but he's not. Um, it's not a big pay per view fight. It's not massive, but I feel like he could do with one of them actually, uh, and defend his belts. And look, Catterall's no, no mug. You know, he's it's a it's a good fight. I think it's I think it's the great. It's the really good next fight. And then if he wins, if he wins and he maintains his belts, then he can look for one. That's what I would do personally. I wouldn't vacate anything. I wouldn't move up right now, but. If the offer's there, then 
who knows what we do. But if I was him, I'd go, yeah, let's get Catterall done in, what are we in, May? So September, October sort of time, maybe. And then... And then, and then have a big one. Look, next year is the year of making massive money and being in mega, mega fights. But um, who knows? Maybe you'll get, maybe you'll get an offer from who, whoever it might be. I think if he struggles remotely to make the weight, just go, go now, because the risk of getting no, no, because every year if you do struggle to make the weight, if you struggle to make the weight, let me get my words out. Every year you get older, it gets massively, increasingly harder. So move up. If, if you struggle to move up, because there's just names there, Terence Crawford, you know, that's an easy fight to make. You still be top rank at the minute. And I think Bob Adam will want to keep him in the States now to build that profile. I I, I think for me, I think that, mm. that'd be important. And because Catchell's a fight which he, he's a massive favorite, of course, and Catchell's a good fight and deserves it, deserves a shot. But what's the rule? He won't get no credit for beating him. Yeah. The chances of him defending all his titles by then. We'll probably you'll probably have to give one away. You know, that's all you know what boxing's like crazy. And um early we made Emiratus champion by the WBC and some L champion of the WBA. So all those titles you don't know what will be the real title anyway anymore. And it's a fight that might not be great to watch. If Capital boxes away, if Capital has yeah. success and does what we should do, he'll make it tricky and all because it's possible. So he might be a bit of a might not be a, a great fight, but he's come off with some really good fights. So I just think you know the Crawford fight or this. You know, there's fights below him, you know, Lopez. And, and I know you, he deserves an easy fight. But why have an easy fight now? But that, just, but that's what, just that's keep what going. With the belts, though, because I don't think that his weight is a massive issue. And keep the belts. And you mentioned there, Lopez, um, Ryan Garcia, you know, these guys, Tank Davis. These are the money makers. Like, I know welterweight's full of these stars, but they barely even fight. If I was him, I'd keep my belts. Four belt, I would be the absolute don at. 10 stone which he already is and then let these big names big money guys come up and then he can just knock them off and then when he's ready he can go up and fight whoever the man is at welterweight but but to do that he has to fight jack Catterall. yeah of course it is. and fair enough and, and, and he might he might be thinking but i worry that he thinks i'll go back home and have my homecoming fight yeah. against jack Catterall, who i'll just walk through and it might not be that easy and you know and he's never taken his foot off the gas as he taylor in any fight but you know you can maintain that forever. I just think that I, he's better off having a shorter career of quality than having a longer career because there's still another fight, which is still no good for you, by the way. So just stay where you are now. If you, I, I would just, I wouldn't want to drop down in quality. I know all these because all these easy fights and all they are is banana skins that you don't need. I think, to be honest, they're just banana skins you don't need. So no, I think if someone comes up in weight. Because he'll struggle to keep those titles now by next week. He'll struggle to still have all those four belts. Somehow, something will happen. Something will happen. He really will. What if he's hurt his hand and he, can, he can't box now till January? And all those champ, all those organisations are going to go, well, be fair, Josh, we won our title, so we won't... We won't Josh, trust us, Josh. Trust us. We won't tinker with anything. We're organisations. We're running world boxing. We won't tinker with anything and mess it up and make it confusing. You're our champion. We won't touch you. Of course, it's not going to happen. The WBC will have an interim and, a, and a, an EBM around the champion, have a regular thing, and WBA will have their 15 champions per weight, and the WBO will order a, a, a thing because how long does Catchman have to wait for his shot, to be fair, you know? And, and the IBF will probably be the only ones who probably will stand their ground. But, you know, but then they will demand he has to fight their mandatory within so many 
weeks anyway, probably. So it'll just get too tricky. So but if all those big names move up, you'll need to keep one title. Mm. It doesn't matter then. He's done it. He's done it then. And then, but then he gets the big names and big money. So for him, that was big money and big and career defining fights. That's what I would think. And if he got two years left, three years left, because you know he's not young. No, he's young, but he's not young you know, as, as we think he is. So you get two years now to just to just to get to cement your legacy. It don't matter about getting beat. Like he won't he won't get beat, but don't you don't think it's not matter about getting beat. It doesn't matter now. He's done what he's done now is career defining. What he can do after can just just add on to that for me. And but you know, Ryan Garcia is a huge name. It's a big star. Gets a big payday. Crawford gets a big payday, and also you no, know, if he can beat someone like Crawford or, or have a real good fight and, and get a rematch with him, they're you no, know, they're fights that people will remember forever because Crawford's one of the best who've ever done it. You no, know, certainly the best in his weight. You no, know, in the in the current era, and you no know, top two, and and and, and that, that makes that makes it for Taylor. He becomes a a British legend if he's not already, but he. Guarantee forever becomes a British legend because you know you can just look at this record and go, man, the kid never took an easy fight. He had one easy fight. You no, know, one. He had one easy fight in in like since he won the world title and just before that eliminated for the world title. He's had one easy fight that was on paper an easy fight. Whether it's easy or not, I said, how good you are. They're all and so why? I don't. I just don't see why he wants to even mess around. And if if he can make the weight, then. Entice the other big names. I don't know whether he's financially a big enough draw for those guys to want to fight him. Mm. Why would you want to fight him? How would you beat him? Because you look at him, you think, oh, I cannot box him. I've got too much lateral movement and skill. You, you haven't, though. He's really skillful without looking really skillful. Does that make sense? Mm. He's not pretty. Like, he's not like a fancy dan. He doesn't dance around and flick the jab and stick the chin out and you know, do both. None of that crap. They, so you don't think he's a great boxer. Like they said, Billy Joe Sons had better footwork than Canelo. Different footwork. Looks prettier, but Canelo's footwork is just as good in a, in a different way. And Taylor's like that. You know, you say Crawford's an actually better boxer than than Taylor. Is he? He looks more, he's more athletic, maybe. But Taylor's the way Taylor boxes, elbows tucked in, he slides in out of distance, he cuts the ring off. He, he, he's beautiful to watch. I'd love to see the build-up for Crawford Taylor as well. Two mean blokes, just vicious geezers. It'd be so good to get them together. It'd be unbelievable. And I do, I disagree with you slightly about why would well, go anyone... then. go go. <laughs> why why would anyone look at him? I know what you're saying. You know, like why would someone like Teofimo Lopez or whatever look at him and go, "Why would I want to fight him?" But he, when he's got four belts up there and he is the man, you know that you become the man by beating him and like. I know he's not a massive name, but I think that would have done well. It was obviously terribly promoted. We've banged on about it. It was a terribly promoted fight, but it would have done wonders for him in America. Um, those two knockdowns, you know, we're talking about little clips on Instagram that people like. Um, yeah. But the Crawford fight is just, that is, like you say, is just one for the ages. Isn't it? it's, what, it's almost, I, I dread, like, I hate to say it, and it's probably speaking as a Brit, but I think right now, if I could pick Taylor Crawford or... Crawford Spence, I'd probably go with Taylor Crawford. I'd, I'd just love to see it. I think it would be sensational. Um, and you're right, one of those ones that will live forever. Yeah, whatever the result. Yeah. See, see what does he do now? I don't because I don't think Taylor's one of those like I think he's one of those kids like, like again, another great fighter who just doesn't think they can get beat. He's no, he knows he knows it's a possibility, like Carl Zagli. He always knew it was a possibility, and that gives the edge. But the inside them, they just thought, if I can do what I can do, I can get beat. I don't know. I, I, I just cannot get beat. We all have a bravado, but they genuinely really believe it. 
But I don't think they're scared to get him beat. So I don't think he's. I don't think he want to protect that undefeated record now and, and retire undefeated and go there. You go. I did it. I unified my division. Retired undefeated. You know, I'm a boxing god, which he would be. You know, in Britain, of course. I think he'll want to go on now. I don't think nothing. He'll have a thirst now, Taylor, of I want more, a bigger fight, and that's why. The, that's why I find it hard to see the capsule fight happening unless he thinks it's an easy fight to come back to. But I just think it's a risky fight that that. That I just, yeah, I would just, I, boxing's a hard sport. It's a short career. You just take the fights while they're there, I think. And the, the big fights while they're there. I think, no, he announced himself a little bit in America, but he's still not the A side for most of those fights that we've mentioned or not, and any of those fights he mentioned. So, you know, just keep going the way you're going, though. And if, and if, it, take, if it takes a year or two years out of your career, well, is that a bad thing? You retired earlier. But you still have the big fights with the big money. Catchell's not going to be huge money for him. I mean, relatively to what he's can earn with the others, nowhere near. So why does he need it? Catchell will get his shot regardless. Whoever's the champ, whoever's the WBO champion, that's who Catchell will face. So he'll get his opportunity. It doesn't matter to him. So and will it, and will and will the other organizations allow Taylor to box him? No, as a voluntary, I don't know. I don't know how that works. It also seems like Terence Crawford's not exactly uh, beating down. Or people are not beating down his door for, to to fight him at the moment. He's he's obviously not fighting Spence. He's not fighting Pacquiao. So I guess maybe it does feel like it would be quite sudden, but also maybe there won't be a better time to do it. Yeah, I, mean, I think there is a bit of that. I think, but it's inter- I don't know what the situation is with Crawford and Top Rank because they seem to have this falling out. And you know, Bob was talking about he's lost so much money on him and stuff like that. Um, so I don't know what they're going to do. But you're right. It's not <laughs> like look, Spence is fighting Pacquiao like that. Crawford's not got anyone there and he's had this problem his whole career so that's the guy right there but he might be he might say sort of be thinking at it like barriers going this guy's real good like but nobody knows who he is why what do I gain from fighting him I'm better off fighting one of the names at welterweight even though I'll beat him um that's the one that's the one I'd pick that's the fight I want to see though that's that's the one but I just wonder whether he'll stick around and fight Cattrall first and then he won't go to welterweight yet, but it depends on how bad that cut was, really. A nice homecoming later this year would go down well. Questionable whether he'll be able to do it outside, <laughs> as is his dream. That is all from this week. Next weekend is Devin Haney and Jorge Linares. But from us, are two Scots and an Englishman. Until next time, goodbye. <laughs>